0: You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there, you listen to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I've got another Canadian artist with me and I believe she's living in Nashville at the moment and her name is Alexis Taylor. Hi, Alexis.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm good, sir. So. How are you doing?
1: I am doing well, thank you.
0: How is it all going for like the the coronavirus and I know I keep mentioning this and it's it's a topic that everybody's talking about at the moment because it's such a it's such a pivotal part of our life and our routine at the moment. How is it going for you?
1: Um it's it's good. It's uh it's interesting. You know, I uh I was actually I was talking to my brother this morning and I said, you know, this doesn't really feel like real life it just kind of feels like some sort of a a dream like I never imagined that something like this could happen but yeah. um I don't know it's been it's been really good for my music I've been writing a lot and I've been practicing more and yeah it's been it's been very productive in that aspect
0: I saw on your Twitter that your newest single cool with that has just hit 20,000 streams
1: yeah, I'm super excited about that.
0: That's awesome. I mean, what's what is that feeling for you? Then you know, when you click onto Spotify and you look on, you know, the data analysis and what actually happens. What is it? What is the feeling when you actually see that big number, twenty thousand?
1: Well, I mean, I'm always the kind of person that's like, okay, I need, I need more streams. Like, I, I feel like twenty thousand is just the beginning, and I'm really hoping that it's a song that once I um, release it to radio, which I haven't yet. I plan on doing that, um, later on in June. Um, I just, I feel like, okay, like this song could really do something and and go somewhere. So I'm really hoping that, you know, 20,000 is just the beginning and that when I keep logging on to Spotify and when I see all my other, um, stats on my other music platforms, I just want them to keep on growing. And that's something that I've really, um, I guess, began looking forward to, especially during all this whole Corona stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can imagine it's so difficult because normally when you release a song, you you go out, you do your radio tours for everybody, you know, you start playing it to as many people as you want, as you can do, you know, just to get the song out there. Whereas at the moment, we're kind of like stuck inside. So to hit 20,000 streams whilst being stuck inside, still a fantastic achievement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I mean, I hope that obviously things will reopen soon and that I'll be able to... Like, I really want to do a music video for it. I really want to go on radio tour for it and uh, just be out performing, but obviously I'm kind of limited to that. So <laughs> hopefully everything will go back to normal and and I'll be able to do more with the song.
0: What is your plans for, like, the like going on a radio tour, normally, you know, you'd go to each radio station, you'd play to them and try and convince them to put it on your on their, you know, their playlist. You know, what, how does that now work for you?
1: Well, that's the thing. I've actually, uh, I've been talking to my radio tracker and I've kind of been going back and forth asking, okay, should we do a physical radio tour? Are radio stations going to even be open to that idea? Because yeah. right now, I mean with everything going on, it's just so up in the air. I would hate to plan a huge radio tour and then be stuck doing phone calls as opposed to going in the station. Um, and I mean, I feel like last year, last year I went on my first radio tour. So, um, it was a lot of fun and, um, it was a really cool experience. And I think that like just going into the stations and physically meeting those radio directors and and the, program directors and um everyone kind of involved it's really good to to put names with faces and to meet them so um I would really hate to do a radio tour but only have it over the phone because it's definitely (laughs) not the same
0: have you done any like live streams yet
1: yeah yeah I've done quite a few um I'm actually going to be planning one I think for next week on the 28th um but yeah, those have been keeping me busy and and it's always great to kind of connect with my fans even though we're not obviously in the same room. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really helpful having all the technology that we do.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's fascinating because if this was to happen say 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, we don't have all this, you know, the camera technology, we don't have all these laptops and you know the equipment that we have today. You know, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's almost like the perfect time. I know it's not a perfect situation, (laughs) but it's like the perfect timing for us to actually have this kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I know. I've thought about that too. I feel like even my parents' generation, if this had happened back then, I mean, it would have been completely different and the dynamics would have been so um, surreal, I think.
0: So because of all the lockdown and stuff, do you have like a setup at home where you can lay down tracks for music or is it just the case of you writing songs and getting ready for when you do go back to a studio
1: um I'm doing both so I don't have like a like a full out studio but I have um like I've got keyboards I've got guitars I've got enough stuff here to definitely keep me occupied and uh I usually put together uh just like a demo track before I go into the studio um just to kind of give my producer a little bit of a better idea of what I want. Um so that's it's been really great having that equipment here. Um but then there's also days where it's like, okay, whatever. I don't I don't want to pull out all the equipment and I'll uh, I'll just do a voice note and and put it on my phone.
0: Yeah. Now, going back to say when you was a kid, you know, what was the big influences for you to actually go into country music? You know, not not just country music, but music itself.
1: Well, both my parents are actually extremely musical. And um, so I think having them around and my mom was always playing piano. My dad was always playing guitar. Uh, My mom, when I was a kid, actually would take trips to Nashville and uh, would do a lot of songwriting down there. And I don't ever think it was ever really a question of if I would do music, but it was a question of when. (laughs) And (laughs) so, I mean, I, I... tried to deny it for so long. I I went to, went through high school and went to um, college and it wasn't after, yeah, it wasn't until after my second year of college that I was like, okay, something's missing. Like I'm focusing on school and that's great. And that's what I should be doing. But music is what I love doing. And I hadn't played guitar in so long.
0: And so
1: I was like, okay, I need to I need to sing more. I need to write more. I need to play more. And, uh, that, that was kind of, that was it for me because not long after that, I I ended up moving to Nashville and I fell in love with the city and yeah, I don't think it was ever a question of if I was going to do music, but when.
0: Yeah. What did you study at college?
1: So, um, when I first started school, I was actually an elementary education major. Yeah. And so I wanted to teach like first or second grade. Um, but then I realized that every state in America is actually different. <laughs> they have different requirements. Yeah. So if I got my teaching license in one state, I wouldn't necessarily be able to have that, that license in another state. So I was like, Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, so when I moved to Tennessee, Um, I actually ended up changing my major because Tennessee didn't have the same requirements as the first school I went to. And I just ended up going with English and a minor in psychology.
0: Yeah. Now, you're originally from Ontario. You're from Huntsville. What was it Mm -hmm. like moving from Huntsville to Nashville?
1: It was crazy. I mean, it's so totally different my hometown is just small and tiny and everyone knows everyone. And, you know, it's the kind of town where everyone knows your parents (laughs) and what they do and every detail about your life. And then moving to Nashville, I mean, you're, you're just one in a million people. And it's just like, you know, it's a total polar opposite when I moved for sure.
0: What is it going like from, obviously, because, Canada is uh, is a lot colder than Nashville. <laughs> you know, just
1: that, a little bit. <laughs> that's
0: safe to say. You know, what was it like for you? You know, adjusting in that sense. You know, was you like oh. shocked by everything?
1: No, I was so happy. It snows like maybe three times a year in Nashville, and I've never been one to like the cold. So um, that that's been really nice. But oh my goodness, the summers in Nashville, like. It's just humid and hot and like you could fry an egg on the cement. It's just so hot.
0: I mean, I've spoken here before about my trips to Texas, to like Dallas and San Antonio, and the heat there is just so much more intense than here in the UK. Because here in the UK, it doesn't snow as much, but it just rains all the time. So we're, we're so used to just the cold weather with being wet all the time and then to go to something that's just so dry and hot it's I loved it I love the heat
1: yeah I'm the same definitely
0: do you ever go back to Huntsville for like holidays or to go see your parents do your parents still live there
1: yeah actually I'm, I'm in Huntsville right now um with everything going on with corona um I just figured it'd be a good time to spend time with my family and you know get to see them so it's been really nice
0: What's it been like for your parents then adjusting to having you back home, you know with all the songwriting and the keyboards, and are they all happy that you're back and joining in with you?
1: I think so, I hope so <laughs> <laughs> they I mean they seem like they're happy to have me home, so um yeah i mean when i when I'm in Nashville and just with the amount of shows that I play and and all the stuff I tend to keep busy with. It's been hard in the past for me to come home for much longer than a few weeks. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been good getting to spend time with them and getting to hang out with my family.
0: Nothing's better than, you know, parents cooking for you as well.
1: Yes, that is very true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What kind of things do they cook for you?
1: um it depends like the other night it was so funny I had been craving steak all day and I came home and my mom was like okay we have steak for dinner and I'm like yes I love oh, you oh
0: wow that's awesome
1: yeah I'm like you read my mind this is great
0: what do you do with your steak then do you how how, how do you have it cooked you know do you have it a certain like temperature you know like a rare medium rare medium well kind yeah. of thing
1: I have it medium rare. And actually I was going to, I was going to tell you, I love your shirt. It says ketchup on it. I actually put ketchup on way too many things and steak is one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, the shirt I'm wearing at the moment is a Whataburger. So Whataburger uh-huh. is fantastic in the South of America. You know, it's mm-hmm. not so much in the Northern States. It's more like Texas and all around that area there. And they do a spicy ketchup and spicy ketchup from there is just amazing.
1: I've never had the spicy ketchup, but anything with ketchup, I'm I'm fond of. So I'm sure if I had it, I would like it.
0: So you don't you don't have any like speciality sauces for your steak? Then it's just ketchup.
1: Just ketchup, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ketchup chips and steak. That sounds like my it, kind of meal.
1: Mhm. The best.
0: Go on, what's your favorite kind of meal then?
1: Um, if I had to pick, like probably my favorite combination of things mm-hmm. would probably be. Well, there's this restaurant in Nashville. It's really, really good. And um, they have, like, hibachi. And so I usually get, like, a side of sushi. And then they have, like, steak in their hibachi. And it's, like, it's the most wonderful thing ever. What's, so that's probably my favorite meal.
0: What's the place called? You can you can say, hibachi. you know, I'm not... is it called hibachi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'll have to give it a checkout next time I'm over there. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um, so we got meals, you know, we talked about food. What kind of like drinks do you drink? These are normally the questions I ask at the end of the podcast, but since we're on the topic of food and drink, you know, what kind of things do you drink?
1: That's like a really tough question because (laughs) as much as I love drinking, like I'm not a big pop person yeah, um, or like soda, whatever you want to call it. But um, I usually drink a lot of water because I'm just trying to be more healthy but then, obviously, to balance it out, I usually drink Monsters or uh, <laughs> Red Bull, so <laughs> yeah, got to balance it out.
0: <laughs> See, I used to drink all the energy drink stuff years ago, and I found that I just couldn't sleep at
1: night. Yeah, I have that problem, too. It's not a fun <laughs> problem to have.
0: <laughs> I suppose it's not as bad because you're diluting it kind of with you know the water. I drink quite a lot of water myself. At the moment, I've got a, I've got a coffee with me, so it's... <laughs> Keep myself hydrated in that sense. What about alcohol? Do you drink in that sense or do you stay kind of clean?
1: Um, Well, actually, so this month I actually made a deal with myself. I was like, okay, because we're in quarantine, because, you know, I'm trying to be more healthy, I've actually uh, this whole entire month been not drinking to see if it, like, makes a difference in how I feel just health-wise. Yeah. Um, Because, like I said, drinking water and I try to eat, pretty healthy um just to kind of see if I could um get a boost in energy just because I don't know if it's like it's been really cold here but it's just like oh my goodness I'm so sleepy <laughs> um but yeah so I've been trying to to not drink this month but usually when I do drink I'm pretty basic I'll drink like cranberry and vodka Ooh. or like a long island that's <laughs> no, not
0: basic it's kind
1: of you know it's it's, it's-
0: quirky I mean normally people just say like whiskey and over ice and you know that kind of thing but to go for a long I- you know Long Island and cranberry and vodka uh, was it cranberry and vodka
1: yeah that
0: sounds just so refreshing
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: I mean we've been we've been kind of lucky um the past few days here in the UK it's been like 20 I know you lot do you um work in Fahrenheit or Celsius
1: um, I
0: was Celsius. Celsius. Oh, that's good. Uh, we've been around like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six 25, 26 degrees at the moment. For us, that's quite warm. Yeah. So it's been really, really refreshing. And that just sounds like the perfect drink to have in the garden.
1: I know. It's like, it's actually warm here today. Because for us, it's been probably like 12 or 13 for the past week or so. And then actually the week before that, it was snowing here. <laughs> So it's been like super crazy weather, but today is like the nicest that we've had. And I think it's supposed to get up to like 25 or so. Yeah. And yeah, I'm with you. I feel like just going and tanning on my lawn and having a drink.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, for Canada, you know, even to go in the teens, that's, that's really good.
1: Well, I mean, it's almost June. So yeah. I'm hoping that this weather kind of sticks around. I don't really feel like having it snow here again.
0: What's it like then flying, you know, trying to get out of the country when it's been snowing? Is it still all right? Or do they manage to clean the runways okay?
1: Yeah, they do. Um, I, I don't think there's ever really been a time that that I've been worried about the runways. I mean, anytime they have like ice or anything on them, they end up like hosing the entire plane down. (laughs) So, um, I mean, anytime I fly in or out with snow, um, I'm usually, I'm usually pretty okay with like my nerves and stuff. The only time that I'm like ever scared, um, is when it's like, uh, I went on a missions trip to Guatemala. Yeah. And, um, so some of the, the airlines that we've flown in the past this past year has been i don't know if it was a mexican um airline or if it was a guatemalan airline but it it wasn't a canadian airline and i don't <laughs> think it was the states either so um i just i know that a lot of times obviously you're not going to have snow in warmer <laughs> weather so i was like super like worried because i was like oh no like i mean i'm sure they've flown in snow right but i'm yeah. like what if we haven't like what if this is their first time and i'm like oh no
0: all the fears so, yeah. are running through your head at the same time
1: yeah. worst case scenario
0: yeah i'm sure i'm sure some of the pilots will have had experience in colder weather mm-hmm. that's what you're hoping anyhow <laughs> going further into that um what you just mentioned there the guatemala mission strip what did you do there
1: um, so I was part of a team that came from Huntsville and, uh, I think this was our third time going down and, um, th- this happened back in, in March, I got, well, February, late February, early March, we went and, uh, we went for a little over a week and we were part of a team that, um, was helping build a hospital down in, uh, one of the small towns in Guatemala. Yeah and so so yeah so it was it was a really cool experience and um just every time I go back there it's just like these these friendships that I make and these relationships that I have with the people there um just keep growing and the hospital keeps growing and it's just it's been really cool to be to be part of it and just watch what's happening in that community how
0: did you actually get involved with that though
1: Um, So (laughs) funny story. So uh, the company that that organizes them is called Missionary Ventures Canada. And um, so actually the doctor that uh, was in the room when my mom was having me, um, he was one of the missionaries that used to live there. Yeah. So him and his wife, um, they they're friends with people at MBC, Missionary Ventures Canada. And they wanted to organize a missions trip. And so my dad is like, hey, Alexis, so I'm going to go on a missions trip to Guatemala. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. And He's like, no, like, I really want to go. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like thinking he's not going to go. Well, he comes back the one day and he's got like all of his paperwork filled out. And like, he's like, okay, I'm going to submit my application to go. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're being serious. I can't let you go alone. Like, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I uh, I ended up signing up with him. And uh, it's the ongoing joke. Like, yeah, I, you know, signed up to kind of make sure he was all right. But, I mean, it's been the best decision that I've made going there and, and continuing to go there. So, yeah.
0: You said that you went, you have know, been about, what, three times now? Does he yeah. go with you every single time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And actually this past year, he went down for two, two months by himself before we came. Yeah. So he's been, he's been awesome, um, to just kind of look up to and, um, just seeing what he's doing and the difference that he's making down there and just the people that he's met and, you know, he gets to minister to to those people that he meets it's just been really awesome watching him.
0: Now it's fantastic. That's fantastic. What, you know, what you, you and your dad do, you know, it's like daddy daughter bonding time as well for you.
1: Yeah, it's been really great. I mean, we don't, like I said, when I'm in Nashville, like we don't get to spend a lot of time together. Um, but me and my dad are very, very similar. We're, we're just very much alike. Um, so we got along well. And then sometimes we butt heads even more because (laughs) we're so much alike, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it's been nice getting to to spend time with him and, and just seeing how important the ministry is to him, um, has been really cool too. It's really changed him.
0: How does your mom take everything? You know, when you two disappear for two months, (laughs) does she enjoy the break or is she missing you terribly?
1: No, I think she misses us. She, she, um, I mean, she keeps busy here, but uh, yeah, she definitely misses us for sure.
0: So what do your parents do now then, you know, if like jobs?
1: Um, so my mom, my mom still writes a lot of music. Um, but she also is the worship director for, uh, her church here in Huntsville. Um, and then my dad helps out with the music there as well. Um, and he also owns like a landscaping contracting business too.
0: Oh wow. Now we've been trying to organize this chat for what two three four weeks now <laughs>
1: yes
0: and we had to we originally were supposed to be doing this on a wednesday but we had to change from a wednesday to a thursday because you've got a job as well because obviously no yeah. one's make no one's making money at the moment so you've got to have some form of income
1: what is it that you do um we'll talk about that another time
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough you know how how's it been uh you know, financially for you is it is it difficult
1: um I mean I think as a musician um it's it's difficult either way you look at it just because I mean everything is streaming now you're not you're not selling physical albums you're not selling records um a lot of a lot of sales that were going on for income were just from ticket sales or um you know when, when I have shows and I'm in Nashville, a lot of times what people do is it's, you play for people's tips. So if people want to hear a song, you know, they put $10 in the tip jar and, and that's how you make your money. So, um, so yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting, obviously with the whole quarantine thing, I'm not, I'm not able to perform. I'm not able to, to have that income. Yeah. So it's been tough, but I know God will provide and I know that I've got a lot of people in my life that support me and, you know, people that are streaming my music, even though it's, you know, not the, not the regular cost of an album or buying a song on iTunes or something. Um, it, I mean, every little bit helps. So yeah.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, I I see it quite a lot and, you know, rightly so, you know, a lot of people are upset, you know, with the amount of revenue that artists get from streaming you know from whether it's apple music deezer and um, spotify you know tidal all the all the brands you don't get as much as what you would if it was a physical album sale but like you just mentioned there you know at least there is something i mean yes it does take what a hundred thousand spins to make something but Sorry especially when you're just starting out or whether you just released a song and you're kind of new to the scene. It's a lot more difficult than those, you know, the big artists that are on all the playlists that are, you know, regularly getting, you know, almost up to a million streams within a month of it being released.
1: Yeah. It's crazy because um, I feel like as a, as a smaller independent artist, I mean, I don't have record label money. Yeah. So Um, To to kind of get myself out there and to even break the surface on the same level as the bigger artists, I mean, it's hard enough as it is when you have money, but when you are working a minimum wage job and, you know, you're doing your best trying to pay bills, trying to, you know, make car payments, whatever... And then you're still trying to be in the studio and you're still trying to promote your music and you're trying to make music videos. I mean, it it all adds up. And um, I mean, it's not a a cheap industry to to be in. Everything is pretty expensive, but I mean, I just, I don't know, I just, I love doing it so much. I love singing and I love writing. And that's just, that's why I keep doing it.
0: You mentioned that your mom and dad do you know things within music you know your mom writes music herself do they help you with your songwriting or you know writing your music do they have like inputs
1: especially (laughs)
0: especially now that you're at home
1: yeah definitely actually um I just finished a song the other day um and when I kind of had it I kind of had it almost finished and so I, uh, I went to my mom. I said, Hey, can you come here for a minute? I want to run something by you. And, and I played, played the song for her and she was like, Oh, that's great. But what if you do this? And I'm like, wow, that was such a great idea. Yeah. And she changed a few lines and, and yeah, I mean it now sitting with the finished song, um, those, those lines that she kind of helped me write or rewrite, um, those were really great lines that I don't think the song would be as strong as it is if she hadn't have inputted those two lines. So yeah. it's always great having them to kind of um, pitch songs to and, you know, they hear other things that I don't. So it's, it's been great.
0: Will you give them writing credits on there?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I've, I've written a few songs with, with my mom and uh, I haven't released them yet. But, but yeah, I always, whenever I'm out at a writer's round or whatever, it's always like, yeah, I wrote this with, with my mom and everyone kind of like <laughs>, laughs at me. I'm like, no, really I did. <laughs>
0: so. it's, it's a special, it's a special thing being able to do something as close as that, you know, something that you will be performing every time you go to a gig, you know, it'll, it'll be an instant reminder of, a, of the time where you sat down with your mom and wrote the song. It'll yeah. be a special moment for you.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really great. I think that um, a lot of the friends that I have that are in music, I mean, a lot of them, they don't have musical parents. They don't have parents who get it um, near as, as much as mine do. And that's not to say they're not still supportive. Yeah. Um, but, but I think my parents really support me in a way that um, no one else I know, like their parents can't do the same because they haven't been there. They haven't They haven't done um, radio tours. They haven't done performances. They haven't uh, tried to get a publishing deal. And, you know, they they might still support them, but I think mine really get the full picture. And they're just, they've been amazing throughout my whole music career and my musical journey and have always been really understanding because just like me, they have the music bug. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: It's not a bad bug to have though. You know the music bug you know it's especially great for people like me that just enjoy enjoy solely the music you know I enjoy I enjoy doing this you know and actually learning about your life but ultimately what brings us here is your music
1: yeah no I when I said music bug I didn't mean it in like a negative way I no, just no 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 like,
0: positive like, ultimately yeah ultimate positive that
1: yeah but it's like once you catch it it's like how do you <laughs> How do you go and perform on stage and have everyone singing your lyrics and, and feel that high and feel just that buzz and then just walk away? Like, I, just, I can't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, so, do, do yeah. you miss the actual gigging side of everything? You know, actually going out in front of the crowd and seeing everyone's faces singing back at you, is that's something you're truly, truly missing right now?
1: Yeah. And I think, too, because a lot of different states are opening up, I'm seeing all my friends booking shows and I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) Take me with you.
0: Now, Canada actually closed their border for a lot of non-essential travel between Uh, America. Is that open now again?
1: No, they extended it till June 21st and I want to cry.
0: Oh no, I bet it's frustrating.
1: Oh yeah, I know. It's, I don't know. I wish I could just like, you know tweet at Donald Trump and ask him for a, a pardon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Special pass just for you.
1: Yeah. That'd be great.
0: <laughs> so how does that work now then for you? You know, do you have to sit down with your management and say, okay, this is now being extended to this point. We need to start looking after this point. Or do you have like a con- uh, contingency plan just in case it's extended again?
1: Well, I'm really praying that it's not extended again. Oh, fingers um, crossed. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I've, I mean, I have my, my house still in Nashville and I have things planned for going back to Nashville and obviously like the music in Nashville and just like being able to perform everywhere all the time. I mean, I don't have that here in Huntsville. Yeah. So, um, getting back there, I mean, I want to get back there as soon as possible. Um, so I'm really kind of banking on the borders opening on the 21st of June, um, um, but until then, I'm just I'm just kind of playing it by ear and uh, just putting things on hold and postponing things um, kind of while I while I can.
0: Yeah. In the UK here with our banks and our like, mortgage providers for like houses and car payments, they're giving us like a three month break almost whilst we're all locked down and we're not making the same money as that we were. Is there something similar to that happening in the US for you?
1: Um, well, I, I have roommates, so I kind of, I pay them. So. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going on with that, but, uh, no, they were really great last, last month. They were like, yeah, you don't have to pay rent at all. So, oh, that's um, good. yeah, that was really sweet of them, but, but we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I thought that the border closure would have been lifted by now. So, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen.
0: Uh, it'd be difficult for them as well because they'll want they'll want they've obviously still got to meet their payments, and you can't provide that. It's almost like a everyone's yep. losing out. Yep,
1: it's just a unfortunate situation all around. Now going
0: back to was it 2017, 2018? Your trip to Scandinavia?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was in 2018. 17 27 it was around there yeah around
0: then (laughs) what was it like actually embracing the country music scene because you released blame the whiskey
1: yeah um I I mean gosh it was my first time that I traveled to Europe which was super cool um the only thing was is I was so (laughs) (laughs) jet-lagged I really like I wish I hadn't been so jet-lagged because I just felt like I missed so much of what I could have seen and what I could have done just because I was so tired. (laughs) Um, But no, like it was crazy. Everyone there, even if they didn't speak English, because I mean, the further North you go, the less English they, they usually know. Um, But, but yeah, it was crazy. They, they wouldn't even speak a word of English and they were just they were just smiling so wide and they were just so happy that, um, that I was there and that I was performing with uh, my friend, Doug Seegers. Yeah. Um, and they were just so happy to see him and to, to get to hear our music. And um, me and Doug got to sing a few duets together as well. And wow. they just they really seemed to love that. And um, the tour manager at the time, he spoke both Swedish and English yeah. and he, would, um, he would translate for us so that it was really <laughs> handy having him there, but they were just so grateful and, and so sweet. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience, even though they didn't know English, yeah. um, they just loved our music.
0: Just to rewind a little bit, how did that actually all come about? You know, who, who approached who to go on the tour?
1: It's a funny story actually. Um, so I was, I had a show in Nashville and I think there was like a Preds game on or something. Yeah. And so the bar was completely dead. <laughs> and so in walks this guy with this cowboy hat yeah. and he sits down like front row and he starts saying like, Hey, um, play an original. Hey, play another original. Hey, play me all of your originals. And I'm yeah. like, right, sure. Like there's no no one else here. I guess I can play you all of my own stuff. So um, I started playing in my stuff and then um, after I was done, there was still no one in the bar and he's like, Hey, so uh, I was wondering, do you want to come on tour with me? And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay, like what's the catch? <laughs> like, who are yeah. you? And uh, anyway, I I just began being friends with with Doug and kind of learning about him and his story and um yeah, I ended up I think it was about a year after we met that we ended up organizing the the tour and uh, yeah, he was a great mentor, well, is still um, <laughs> a great mentor to me and someone that I really look up to um, in all aspects of music and and he taught me a lot about touring while I was there um, and just a really fun person to be around and really yeah. had a great atmosphere um when it came to like the band and just being inclusive and even though I was like the opening act he never made it feel like I was like a plus one or anything like that
0: Major part of the family kind of thing
1: yeah it was awesome see that
0: that's just the perfect start to almost like a a proper touring career is having that sense of welcomeness you know actually if you go into something positive, you know it will come out of it positive. If you go into something negative, it kind of puts a dampener on your future shows. Are you looking at coming back to the uh, back to Europe anytime soon?
1: Uh, I really want to, um, but again, like it's just it's so hard for me to plan anything with this whole Corona situation. Yeah, um, I I was actually thinking about coming to the UK and you know seeing if I could. Play there and uh, and I mean, get to perform and all that. Yeah. um But yeah, just with everything so up in the air, it's really hard to plan anything um, and really try to do much when everything is kind of the way it is.
0: You see, it's great here at the moment in the UK country music wise, is because it's it's growing so much and so rapidly. There's so many new country music festivals. There's, there's yeah. Dixie Fields. There's and the, British Country Music Festival. There's Country to Country. There's Country in the Coast. You know, there's loads that you can apply to. You know, to perform, and it'd be great to have you over here. You know, for one of them, and a, another fantastic one's Long Road Festival. You know, there's just so much variety here now. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I keep I keep seeing just like all these different festivals and all these different radio shows, and and just so many different avenues that that are definitely getting so much bigger and growing, um, especially over in the UK and just in Europe in general. Um, it would definitely be definitely on my bucket list to come back and to do more, do more performing, do more shows, um, whether it's festivals or concerts or, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I would love that.
0: Well, I'm a massive advocate for the North of England because I'm from, I'm from Yorkshire. So make sure when you do come to the UK, You don't just go visit London because that's what everybody always does. I've been to the UK, I've been to London, I've seen the Queen. Don't do that. Come to the north of England and see York and see the beautiful countrysides and experience everything about England. Make sure you do it.
1: Yeah, I will definitely. You know what? I'll probably send you an email and ask you for all the best places to go and all the best things to do and see.
0: Oh, well, I'll be your personal tour guide. It's perfect.
1: Perfect. Let's do
0: it. So we'll go back to releasing Blame the Whiskey. What was the whole steps leading up to actually releasing the music to then obviously which then brought on the tour and that like you know that started the whole footsteps for you going into this industry? You know, how how was it for you writing the music and then Going to the studio and then releasing it, what was all the emotions that were coming through for you?
1: Well, Blame the Whiskey, yeah. So my first, it was my first release and I think it was probably one of the bigger milestones. Um, I mean, obviously I, I love all the other songs that I've released, but because Blame the Whiskey was kind of my my baby and it was the first song I released, um, it def- definitely... Um, Means a lot to me, and and between when I wrote the song and then when I kind of um, I had laid down some some vocal tracks for a demo, and then um, my my best friend Ross Copley um, in Nashville he produced it, and just hearing the song come to life um, that was like nothing else because I mean I had written the song it was an, originally a school project that I oh, really, <laughs> I yeah. In my, uh, my last year of university, I, I ended up writing that song as, as one of my little projects for my songwriting class. And, um, but I, I brought it to, to Ross and he's like, okay, like you could, you can change this up. You can change this up. Or what, what about if you do this? And because he knew my voice so well, I think that it really helped in the production aspect because he wasn't afraid to hurt my feelings. And he's like, okay, no, that sucked. Sing it better. Like do it again. (laughs) Okay. Come on. You got this. And he was really encouraging in that aspect. Um, So yeah. So seeing the song kind of grow from this, this little acoustic version to this fully produced track I mean, I remember hearing it for the first time and just being so excited yeah. and just kind of like letting it sink in. And it's like, wow, like this is, this is, the this is what I love the most about music is taking, taking a song that is just this acoustic track and then building it and building it and building it and, building it and making it into something that's so much more beautiful.
0: Yeah. Now that's one thing that I always find fascinating is the, the vision these, you know, mixers and master uh, masters and the producers all have, you know, when you say, this is my song, this is the acoustic version, this is how I see it. And then they make it into this big wow factor. You know, I find it amazing.
1: Yeah. It, uh, it's definitely, especially like working with, with my best friend. I mean, it's like between, between him and knowing what, I wanted musically and instrumentally um, he was just, he really brought the songs to life. Like he produced blame the whiskey. Um, and he also produced, how do you sleep? And um, he also did the vocals for just one look. So out of a lot of the songs that I've, that I've written um, he's just, he is great at, at allowing me to really sound my best Yeah, and yeah I think that as a producer that's something that you should strive for because I've worked with producers who are like all right let's record okay you're done all right bye and it's and it's a lot different and it's a lot um it just it shows that you care when when you're not just in it for okay here's the money bye (laughs) yeah You're, you're actually recording because you want that artist to be happy with with their product
0: just shows that he's a jack-of-all-trades as well. You know, being able to do backing, you know, doing vocals on a song. It's wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, I mean, that's why I continue working with him. And, and I mean, he's just very talented. So, yeah, I'm really lucky to have all the friends that I do.
0: How did that all lead up to then performing at CMA Fest?
1: Um, I mean, I, I mean, I have worked, I've worked so much on my music and all of the different aspects on it and performing and booking and, um, a lot of my management too. Yeah. Um, I just play such a big role in it and, um, I was actually super sick at the CMAs. Really? Um, I actually, yeah, I got a parasite from going to Guatemala <laughs>
0: <Typical>. <laughs> and,
1: uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I performed there and it was, it was an amazing time, but I just remember after performing, I just, I actually flew home to Canada because I was super, super sick.
0: Really? Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Like I, I almost fainted downtown Nashville and I just remember because it's the CMAs and like everyone's drinking and everyone's you know partying and whatever yeah they have little like emergency hospital tents set up and I feel so bad because after my show um a friend of mine she was with me um and she was a performer too and and so she's like oh I want to go see John Party I want to go see (laughs) Old Dominion I want to see like all these bands and I'm like girl like these people are playing like Five blocks away. I don't know if I can walk that far. Yeah, because I was feeling so sick. And she's like, "Okay, well, I mean, we don't have to." And I'm like, "Okay, let's go."
0: (laughs) Go (laughs) Go on there.
1: Suck it. Yeah, the worst. And I get there, and I'm like, I don't think I can get back up because I was sitting. And uh, she's like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "I don't think I can like move. Like I'm gonna have to like, I don't know. Something's wrong with me." And Um, I just remember her calling over one of the little, like, I don't even like a four wheeler, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they loaded me onto the four wheeler (laughs) and it was so embarrassing because they took me to this tent and they're like, yeah, we should probably take you to the hospital. And I'm like, nope, I'm fine. I'm good. Don't worry. I'm fine. And, uh, yeah, that was my CMA experience.
0: That sounds like true commitment to staying out. I'm fine. I'm fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but at least I played my show. I mean, I had to cancel uh, two of my other shows for that week, but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm happy I got to play the one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's that kind of stage. It's a bucket list stage, you know. To be to be invited onto you know throughout that whole celebration, you know, because it's not just CMA Fest; it's the whole CMA Awards, and there's everything that comes around it. It's where country music comes together, especially in Nashville. How did how did they actually invite you? you? know, Did they give you a call, say, would you like to play CMA Fest or was it like a special golden invitation that you got?
1: Um, A lot of different places uh, in Nashville have like specific booking agents. Yeah. Um, so I had actually uh, reached out to a friend of mine who had been booking certain things and he was the one who invited me uh, to play during CMA Fest. So yeah, um, I mean, earlier I said, you know, Nashville is such a huge town and feels like you're just one in a million people there. But um, when it comes to music, I feel like it's it's a small town and it's all about who you know. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's always that's always such a big aspect of, of music there. It's it's all about the connection and being personable and just the people, you know.
0: Well, that's it. It's, it's about making the right friends and sometimes, yeah, you can know everything, but if you don't know the right people, you can kind of be yeah. hampered.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's a small town when it comes to music, for sure.
0: Did you move to Nashville by yourself then or did you have any friends to meet up with or did you make new friends when you got to Nashville?
1: I didn't know anyone when I moved <laughs> to Nashville. No, I uh, I had been sort of dating this guy who lived probably an hour outside of Nashville. Um, but me and him broke up (laughs) before I even got there. So, um, yeah, so I was, I was dating him sort of when I still lived in Virginia. That's where I spent my first two years of, of college. Um, but yeah, no, by the time I got there, me and him weren't together anymore and, and I didn't know anyone. So it was, uh, it was pretty overwhelming at first, but yeah, I, I made friends. I'm pretty, uh, pretty resilient in that aspect. I'm not really afraid to, to be social and yeah, I mean, it's kind of taken me a while, but I mean, I usually I'm pretty good with asking for help or asking for directions <laughs> or, you know, trying yeah. to, trying to hang out with, with people and, and meet new people whenever I can.
0: That must've been so frustrating and heartbreaking as well. Knowing that you're moving to this new location, you know you you by yourself, expecting there to be someone close by that you can rely on, and then next thing you know, that tie has been severed. I've, my heart goes for you.
1: Yeah, it was um, it was pretty frustrating, but I think too, like if if I had have moved there and we had have still been together, I don't think it would have um, brought me to where I am today. And I don't think I I might have made the same friends that I that I have today. So yeah. um, I might not have been happy about it at the time, but I'm definitely thankful for it now.
0: Now you've got a you know you've got your new single called cool, that out at the moment. You've got some new music planned for later in 2020. Yes. Go on. Can you t- can you tell us
1: anything <laughs> about it? Um. Well, I again, this is all based on if Corona leaves Mm -hmm. and if I can get back into the studio. Um, but what I am planning on doing is releasing an EP and, um, kind of including my five most recently written favorite songs, um, possibly, possibly six songs. I'm not sure yet. Um, but definitely five and, um, you know, kind of releasing an EP um, so that my fans can just hear more of my music, and so that um, I can I can have more material out there for for people to to listen to. And as much as I love the songs that I have released already, mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily think they're the best representation of who I am as an artist. Um, I don't think that they are as deep as who I am as a person and I want to have a chance to share who I am with, with my audience and with my fans. So I think that, um, that's really something that, um, I'll be focusing on in the next few months and something that I'll be really looking forward to.
0: Well, that's one of the most difficult things to, to discover about yourself is knowing what path you want to go down yourself? You know, what kind of artist you're going to be? You know, whether it's going to be yeah, you can be, you can do a Heinz fifty-seven of everything and sing in any key, <laughs> any you know emotion or any you know range, whether it's a ballad or whether it's an upbeat song. But to actually know the route that you want to go down to go down is the hardest. You know, are you looking forward to working that out?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think too. Like I mean, all I've all I've really ever wanted to do with my music is is make a difference and to touch the lives of people that hear my music. And again, as much as I love the songs that I've released, I don't think that um that my music has made that much of a difference thus far. Yeah. So, um I think that the songs that I will be releasing Um, by the end of the year I just I want to be able to to share that with people and give them a sense of hope especially after going through um what we've gone through with corona and just yeah
0: oh wow can you can you tell us anything musically wise you know about your new five or six songs you know what kind of emotions they're gonna be or you know the kind of you know the kind of route that they're gonna go down Is there anything else you can tell us?
1: Um, Well, I'm actually working on one song. I'm putting the finishing touches on it um, that I just wrote the other week. And it's called Rock Bottom. And um, it's actually about just depression and anxiety. And I know that lately, I think think it's like 800%. That the suicide rates have gone up yeah. um, in 2020 since everything's been going on, and um, especially because May is like Mental Health Awareness Month as well. Um, I wrote this song called "Rock Bottom," and I just I remember as a kid um, I got my heart broken. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was in high school, and I just remember laying on my bedroom floor and listening to a Boys Like Girls album. And I can't remember what song it was, but I was just singing it. And it was about some guy getting his heart broken and and them being okay. Yeah. And all I could think about was, okay, if they got their heart broken and they're okay, then I'm gonna be okay. And it all just kind of made sense to me. So Rock Bottom to me um, is a song, that I wrote so that I could reach people and say, Hey, you know what? You've hit rock bottom. You've never been this low before. You've never been this sad and you feel like there's no way out, but you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, And so that's something that has just been weighing on my heart to kind of um, release since I wrote it. And it's just, it's a song like I've never written before about, the hardships and just feeling like you're drowning. But but also I want people to see it as this kind of beacon of hope where it's like, okay, I'll make it through. I'll be okay.
0: I mean, just what you described there is ultimately what music is about. It's about connecting, you know, whether it's emotionally, negatively or positively or to give guidance, you know, it speaks to us. And I can't wait to listen to Rock Bottom i'm really excited now
1: <laughs> i'll have to send you uh the demo version of it for sure
0: oh i can't wait for that yeah if you're lucky i might even write a review for it
1: perfect
0: <laughs> so we're getting towards an hour now um is there anything i've mentioned or anything that i've missed i can't i'm going through my notes now just to make sure i've got everything and i think i have is there anything you want to add
1: I think we covered pretty much everything and then some. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, the, that's the best thing. I mean, that's the great thing about talking like this is you can cover so many different topics within the same breath.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, and I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to have me and and for interviewing me. And yeah, I, I just, I really appreciate it. And I'm just grateful that that we're able to, you know talk even though the rest of the world's on lockdown
0: (laughs) exactly that like we mentioned earlier that's the great thing about the technology that we have nowadays It's we can do this and I've been following your music since before I even started this podcast so you know oh really I'm I'm a big fan of yours you know I was excited when your management decided to put you know to get you on here you know it was like
1: yay finally oh well thank you that means a lot
0: So, yeah, like I say, you know, I'm looking forward to listening to Rock Bottom. Everybody, everybody check out a new song Cool With That. And where can we find you on social media?
1: Well, um, on Facebook and Instagram, it's just Alexis Taylor Music. And then on Twitter, it's Miss Taylor Music. So make sure you follow me. I'm coming out with new music and new covers and new live streams all the time. And yeah.
0: So you mentioned that I believe it's next week you're doing your next live stream?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping to do it on the 28th.
0: Where can they find that live stream?
1: That'll be on my Facebook.
0: Facebook. So everybody check out the Facebook and check out the music, you know, and all your major streaming and buying platforms. So yeah, everybody check it out. It's, it's amazing music and I, I absolutely love it.
1: Well, thank you. Again, you are so sweet.
0: I try to be, you know, I try to be all positive <laughs> and happy, you know. when I, As soon as the mic's off, I'm really depressed and hiding in a garden shed. Crying to myself, <laughs> listening to sad music, but
1: listening to rock bottom. <laughs> I've been
0: listening to rock bottom now. What's your plans for the rest of the day then?
1: I don't know. I'm torn between either going outside and tanning or <laughs> getting some stuff done, so we'll see.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll let you enjoy that, everybody. For now, take care, and I'll see you all next time. Bye bye. That was the Country Chats Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chats on all things country music.